up next on VIC. Noon to one, it's the place to be. Talking sports with the MVPs. That's Miller, Vicari, and Pizzanti. NFL, NBA, MLB. NHL, college sports, whatever you need. The MVP show where you need to be. Sports radio on VIC. That's MVP Sundays on VIC. That's MVP Sports Talk Radio VIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MVP Show. It is Easter. Happy Easter Sunday. Of course, I am alongside Brennan Miller and Dan Pizzanti, and we're ready to uh, at least give you an hour of entertainment on your Easter Sunday. Thank you for watching or listening, however you're consuming us on a holiday. We do appreciate it. Boys, it's an untraditional Easter, at least for us, in terms of how we're going to spend it, hopefully with our families in a safe way, but obviously not together. Uh, you know, again, recording this show on Friday and it'll air on Sunday and we're going to be in three separate places, but the good thing is with family, but again, which, which is terrible, but you know, going to pretty much lead off the show is how for two straight years, I think most people are not having their traditional Easter celebrations with a large group of people. Obviously we know the situation and why you can't, but, uh, two straight years of this being the case. No, we're on the right track. I think yeah. every one of us in, in this call has been vaccinated at least once. Uh, two of us have been fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Actually, this was my, uh, two weeks after my second shot. So I'm fully good right now. Dan, I know is good. John, you're on your way. I'm on uh, way. my whole family is, is vaccinated. Uh, they all qualified for separate reasons, but I think we're, we're on the right track. Uh, yeah. and that's always a positive. So uh, I'm excited to, to go home and, you know, see the fam. I've given them compliments on the show before. Uh, I've given them, I've ripped them on the show before. <laughs> uh, I will continue to do that, but I know I'm just excited to go home anyway. I think you're right about our Easter tradition. My normal Easter tradition is watching Syracuse basketball. And, you know, obviously now that can't happen. But, I'm a, you know, a few years ago, I celebrated with my little cousin, uh, Malachi wow. Richardson, coming back and I'm, uh, winning the big game. So, I'm, uh, you know, may, maybe in the future we need, um, uh, we need Houston to be around and we need Easter to happen at the same time. Dan, I really thought you were saying your little cousin's name was Malachi Richardson. Yes, it is. I say, that is the most Syracuse thing I have ever heard, and I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, Malachi Richardson Byzanti. I, I know him. He's, he's, Absolutely. He's, yeah, he's killing in kindergarten now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to segue into what we're going to segue from that, but it is Easter, and baseball is back, of course, because we are in the spring. I don't think officially in terms of celebrating it, but when baseball is back, that is the start for spring, for at least for me, and... Major League Baseball is underway, obviously, at the time of this recording. We've only seen one Yankees game and zero Mets games. And when the time you listen to this, you've had seen two Yankees games and still zero Mets games. But we'll get to that a little later. But <laughs> but recent news is involving the MLB All-Star game. And the fact that it is moving from its location in Georgia. And it would have been the home of the Atlanta Braves where the game would have taken place. It is moving, and the draft is going to be there as well as a response to a new Georgia law that has civil rights groups concerned about its potential to restrict voting access for people of color. Rob Manfred released a statement regarding this and regarding MLB's decision because it was his decision in the end, and he said that over the last week, he's engaged in MLB, so he used the word we, have engaged in thoughtful conversations with clubs, former and current players, the Player Association, the Players Alliance, and listened to their views. 
and he's decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star game and the subsequent draft as well. The Braves, who are the team that would have hosted, released a statement as well. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but um, the main quote was that they were deeply disappointed. And unfortunately, businesses, employees, and fans in Georgia are the victims of this decision. This is a convoluted issue, obviously, because it crosses the line in politics and sports. And there's some people who think that line is always crossed in one way or the other. And I, I sort of agree with those people. It's just, you know, when it comes to the forefront or not. And obviously, it's coming to the forefront right now. People are, some people appreciate the decision. I would think most people in Atlanta don't like the decision, obviously. And even representatives from the state of Georgia have shown that they were disappointed, but obviously know that, you know, they agree with the decision, but obviously know that the ramifications mean that the All-Star game would not happen to their state. And a big weekend, because obviously of recent time, there hasn't been many big events in Georgia. And this one was going to be a big event in which, at the time, probably, as we go into July when the All-Star Game is going to happen, there would be a lot of fans and probably tourism and, you know, money into the Georgia state economy. So, obviously, there's disappointment there and just celebrating your sport on a national stage. But, obviously, there's bigger issues. And my one takeaway from this is that, obviously, it's a player enacted, at least the way they're phrasing it. Because if it was responding to, to people... That's where you get into murky waters, where people are going to have complaints on either side and when you cave into those people as an organization and when to and when not to. Phrasing it as players, which I'm sure is the case because Rob Manfred said it was the case, and believe me, he would lie the other way if it was actually, you know, a lie. I think this he is telling the truth here, where it's, you know, players came to the forefront and, and obviously this is a big enough issue for them, so... That's why they wanted to have their voices heard, and the MLB listened, and the MLB made this decision. As I mentioned, people are going to be annoyed. You have to look at it, in my opinion, and look at the law, read it, which it's very long, and I'll admit I have not read it yet. I don't know if either of us have had the time to go through the whole document, and make your decision on it. You could, in response, think this is ridiculous and that the MLB should you know, it's ridiculous to cave out or to not have the game in Georgia for this reason where there's other things going on in a lot of states and wherever they move this game, there is probably some issue in the state or something that you personally don't agree with. Or look at it as a overarching issue of something deeper in our society and realize that this is a step to doing so. Either or, hey, that's your opinion. You know, make it. Don't have anyone tell you what your opinion should be, in my opinion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, or just uh, just get really just look at it. Think what you want from it and then go forward. My one thing, which is the one thing that pissed me off about this, was Bob Nightingale of USA Today released an opinion piece. And he said, this is the headline of it, MLB pulling all-star game from Georgia is league's most important move since Jackie Robinson important move is the phraseology that annoys me. I don't think Jackie Robinson, you know, breaking the color barrier in baseball was a move from MLB. It was like, oh, let's bring him in because this would be a good optics thing. Jackie Robinson just did it because he was that talented. And if it were up to the MLB, they pro at the time, they probably didn't want the headache to happen. And obviously people know the story of Jackie Robinson. He was courageous and he had to deal with a whole lot and broke the color barrier. And now there is a lot of you know, there's a, a, a collection of people who play baseball in terms of what country they're from, 
and MLB as a just as a league holistically because baseball is obviously really diverse too but baseball or major league baseball I should say is a very diverse league as well because of it and he was the forefront of this there's been a lot of other things to put this on that level to not play a game in a city I don't know. I think that was disingenuous, especially from Bob Nightingale. Maybe if someone I think of higher standards said that, maybe I would have my opinion shift. I don't understand that at all. I definitely want your guys' opinion on this. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you could provide your thoughts in the live chat. But I that was the one thing that annoyed me about this, just Bob Nightingale making this false equivalency because I don't think it is for a lot of people. Maybe you guys disagree with me, Brendan and Dan. But my overall thing is just to look at this document, either you think it is something that is serious in the society and a reason not to have an all-star game in the city, or not, and then go from there. I'll go first, just because I think Dan, uh, obviously, and I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I think you have uh, a lot more informed opinions on a lot of these things than, than I do, and, and I, I trust that you'll, you'll have a, a better opinion than I do, so I'll go in the middle. Um, so I, I think that well, well, the headline is is kind of it's 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 a clickbaity headline. Yeah. Um, I I I do think that I think the MLB has done a lot of things um, between now and when Jackie Robinson integrated the sport that are a lot more important. Uh, but that being said, I do think that this is a good step for the MLB. Um, as John's favorite word, optically, uh, this makes it look like the MLB is trying to appeal to a young audience that really they've been losing in the last few years. I mean, optically. Uh, it looks good for the MLB to, to come out and say, this is what we think is right. And, and we're going to abide by the things that we think is right. And John, I, I think, I mean, you mentioned that the players came out and, and said that this was something that they wanted to happen. The players union after the MLB declared that they were going to move the all-star game and the amateur draft uh, from Atlanta, the players union released a statement as well saying that they were in full support of the MLB and their decision and the decision that they made. So the players are behind this and for the MLB, the most important product, is the players that you put on the field. Those are the people that you want to keep happy no matter what, because if you don't have players, it ends up like the NFL where you had replacement refs for X amount of time, and then you get the foul Mary, and then the Packers lose a game. Uh, but you don't want that. You want your best product to be on the field at all time. You want to keep your players happy. Um, and I think that the MLB did that. The MLB listened for the first time in a long time uh, to the voices of the people that they are employing and I think that it's the right move. I absolutely do. Um, obviously, it's big news. I mean, it's it's not something that happens every day. And politics have polarized the United States uh, like no time. I'm not going to say like no time else because I'm not a history major. I don't know. Um, but in my lifetime, which I'll, albeit is short, only 20 years, and, and a lot of that I don't remember, um, it's, politics has polarized uh, not just athletics, but the world and uh, the United States more than ever that I can remember. Um, it, it again comes down to the, the conversation of our politics part of sports. Uh, they have been forever. And, and I think that anyone who says that they haven't and that they just sit down to watch a sport is out of their mind because why do we play the national anthem before games if it has nothing to do with politics? Why do we march our troops? Yes, we want to give our troops respect, and we do that before games, and it's a good time to do that before the games. But just objectively, why do we do that if not politics-based? Like, to say that sports have nothing to do with politics is absolutely asinine, uh, and I don't think that it, it makes a lot of sense for people to be making that argument. The MLB is just one of the one, one league out of many to 
finally step up and say, this is what we believe is right as a league. This is what our players, our product believe is right. And this is what we're going to do. Yeah, no, I think you guys made some really good points. Uh, some important things there. You know, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying, but you know, um, if you do to get a chance to look at this, at this law, I mean, you're going to see some things that are honestly pretty disturbing. I mean, uh, right now it's a misdemeanor charge uh, in this current bill to offer food or water to voters uh, waiting in line. I really don't understand um, why that would ever be illegal. And I'm sure that's where a lot of the pushback comes from. Um, overall, I mean, it's just an attempt to suppress voting um, in Georgia. And that's a problem. You know, we live in a democracy. Um, I, I believe that we live in probably the greatest, if not one of the greatest countries in the world. Let's act like it, you know, all the time. Let's stop doing things like this. Let's be even better. You know, there's no excuse for things like this. Um, and it's time for sports to, to take a seat at the big boy table, you know, to um, uh, step up to issues like this and um, uh, just just stop trying to please so many other stakeholders and make a decision that stands for something that's right. And that, that's certainly what they're doing here, um, making the right decision. The players know it. Um, and, you know, if Rob Manfred knows it, then everybody knows it. I mean, let's face it. We can't always say that he's made some great decisions. Um, so, you know, moving the game out of Atlanta really is a, is a home run for the MLB in so many ways. Um, it, it pleases that, that young demographic that you guys are talking about. And again, it's, it's morally the right thing to do um, when, when a bill like this is passed. You should not um, uh, have your all-star game in that state. Um, so uh, again, I just think that Rob Manfred deserves um, a lot of credit for this. And um, uh, let's, let's, let's get back to, 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 to the games. And um, uh, hopefully we won't have to do this anymore talk about the like bad bills like this but um uh, you never know uh with the current state of politics so um, uh, again credit to the mlb for moving the game doing the right thing yeah and again mlb all-star game in mid-july is usually the time it happens and the city that will host it next or i guess host it this year will replace atlanta is to be determined at the moment Obviously, I don't think there's been an article or any contenders list of where it's going to move next. And maybe by the time that you're watching this, MLB has already decided on a new destination. But as of this recording, they have not. So something to look forward to in the future. And of course, MLB did not have an all-star game last year due to the shortened COVID-19 season. And this year, want to give it a shot. And as I think I mentioned, obviously, July in 2021, hopefully will look better than July in 2020. So the event atmosphere will be a lot better, and we'll see where it happens. All right, so that's it for MLB. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Women's NCAA Basketball Tournament. The team that's usually there is not. They still made the Final Four, though. But an interesting Pac-12 matchup that we will break down and review the Final Four games, as well as maybe poke fun at the Mets, who still haven't played a game in the 2021 MLB season. You're watching or listening to the MVP show on VIC Radio Ithaca and on YouTube. Hey besties, if you love VIC Radio as much as we do, you want to know what's going on in the studio, or you want to stay in the VIC loop, why not follow us on our Twitter at VIC Radio and our Instagram, which is also at VIC Radio. Keep listening to the best of what's next, your favorite indie music station. Welcome back to the MVP show on VIC Radio Ithaca and on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at the MVP show. And baseball season in terms of the All-Star Games, what we open the segment with. And as of this recording, of course, we've only seen one local team play, and that's the New York Yankees. And they lost their opener 
in See? extra innings. 0 for 9 in run with runners in scoring position, by the way. And yesterday, who knows what they did against the Blue Jays, you know. Well, I'll, I'll just say they scored 10 runs, but who knows, right? Uh, <laughs> in terms of... Three for four with two diggers. Yeah, so. of course. So, obviously, we don't know. But we do know that the Mets didn't play yesterday, and they're not going to play today either because of a COVID situation involving the Washington Nationals. Four players currently have been uh, tested positive. Nine, or, or I'm just, I should rephrase that, four members in the organization, and then nine more are in quarantine as of right now. And the situation pretty much started on that Wednesday before opening day and it was up in the air. And of course, MLB this season has implemented a taxi squad system similar to what the NHL does where, hey, a player's out, isolate them, quarantine them, and get someone else in there so the games aren't postponed and there's not a massive shift in the schedule and late in the season, doubleheaders every day. Obviously, it, everyone else got through it. The Washington Nationals had some issues in their organization, and it took the Mets with them. And it's, you know, obviously this is a, it, it is a serious situation, but it's hard not to poke fun at the New York Mets because of the new expectations that we talked about on last week's show and a pretty much a rejuvenated fan base in terms of they go into the season thinking that the Mets can win the World Series. And obviously... It's not like this past decade for the Mets have hasn't had those seasons. You go back to 2015, 2016. But last year, they felt the same as well and didn't make the playoffs. This year, though, with the acquisition of Francisco Lindor, there was, and of course, a new owner in Steve Cohen and a, a lot of other pieces that we've mentioned on previous episodes. But the Mets having this or being the victim of this is just hilarious, I think. And, you know, I'm sure Brennan will chime in on this. But it's just so unfortunate that the, the the Mets don't begin their season like everybody else. They're going to have less games for a long amount of time in terms of when this game will be rescheduled. Probably very easy because the Nats and the Mets are in the same division and they're very close in proximity in terms of geography, obviously. But, it's Brandon, it's hard not to just uh, give a nice chuckle about this. Of course, when we talk about this story, we talk about it in regards to the Nationals. And, and yeah. obviously, we don't want anyone to get COVID. And at this point, you know, Thinking about it, if it was if this was a year ago, we were talking about an MLB team that had four players with COVID. We, this is obviously a much bigger deal Absolutely. Uh, than it is now, and 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 we wish because I'm sure they're all watching. We wish all those players that best of luck in getting through this, and of course, we hope that none of them, you know, have any complications afterwards or pass to anybody or whatever. But at the same time, the New York Mets are such a hilarious organization. The Mets have had in the last, I don't know few months, three months, four months, whenever yeah. Cohen got hired, they have had the most roller coaster of a time. It started with the hiring of Steve Cohen. We love that. He's on Twitter. He's a great personality. Super high for the Mets. They, this is the highest Mets fans have felt since 1986. Then we have... Uh, you know, that guy that was sexually harassing reporters about the team and offering to give them information. Sure, uh, yeah, uh, you know, sending them picture inappropriate pictures. Uh, and then we hit a, a pretty big low for the Mets. Uh, and then we get a little lower when we have a former coach offering to give away secrets to the Mets pitching staff uh, if reporters send him pictures of them and the Mets get lower. And then all of a sudden we have a little bit of time pass and everything comes back up again. And, and we get the signing of Francisco Lindor, the, the third biggest contract. No. Yes, third biggest contract because he got $1 million more or $1 million more than Francisco 
or than Tatis. Uh, the third biggest contract in MLB history. The Mets fans are through the roof. We got Frankie Lindor for 10 years, $341 million. He's a cornerstone. He's going to lead the Mets to the end of the contract. Their universal DH is going to be installed. It doesn't matter. He's not going to be able to play defense because he's going to be their everyday DH. He's still going to hit 25 home runs. Everyone's feeling good. And then on opening day, the Mets don't get to play. And it's hilarious. Uh, I apologize to any Mets fans. Uh, I know we live with a Mets fan and he was saying that the Mets should have gotten forfeit wins because of the nationals weren't able to feel the squad, even with their taxi squad uh, included that they should have had to just forfeit the games. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen. The MLB still wants to play 162 games. If, if the team forfeits a game, the MLB doesn't make any money uh, based on their, their television deals. Like they don't get money, any money for blacking out a game that doesn't happen. Uh and a whole another issue in itself. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it, the Mets up and down is just hilarious to me. And and I think they're going to be good. I am slated for 93 wins this year and in contention for the NL East with the Braves. I think I honestly think that the Braves and the Mets both win 93 games and, and they, we have a game 163 to decide who wins that division. Uh, but I, I think it's absolutely hilarious if the Mets season started off like this and that Mets fans who – I'll say it are, are some of the most dedicated fans that I've seen in a long time, strictly because their team has been bad for so long that they have to be uh, that mess fans have to wait just a little bit longer to be able to see not just their team, but their cornerstone player that they just signed for 10 years and $341 million. You two and your pinstripes all the time, man. I just want to apologize to all the Mets fans on this program. You, All I heard was the Mets don't deserve this, Mets don't deserve this, Mets don't deserve this, but we're going to do it anyway. So Mets fans, just a few more days. Okay, a few more days. You see this? You see these people? You see these people? This is how they act. It's okay. They'll be, the, the Mets will be back. I promise. It's okay. Just wait a few more days. It'll be fine. So go ahead. No, for the sake of, but honestly, for the sake of this segment in the show, though, um, uh, you know, if the Mets continue to not be good, we'll always have content for you guys, which is fine. Yes, <laughs> but absolutely. We'll see absolutely. how it goes. For a, lot of, for a lot of shows, it's consistent Yankees and consistent Cowboys. For us, it's yeah. consistent Law Mets, well, which is great. Th- that's the fun thing about, I think, if you follow the show, you know, in the coming weeks, too. Obviously, I think, and this is the truth, the Yankees and Mets have high expectations this year. This could be a really fun spring, summer, and fall for New York baseball fans. It's already been for New York basketball fans for the first time in a long time. We won't even talk about football right now, even though my head wants to go there, but we won't. But baseball, it it might be a really fun summer. So we have to sort of pile on when we can, Dan, because there's sort of this fear. I mean, this is going way longer. I just wanted to make sure we talked about Mets Nats, but this is going way longer than I intended. But there's this part of you that's like, ooh, Mets might be for real. I I just wanted to apologize. I'm not telling you to stop. I'm not telling you to stop. I just, I just, I just wanted to say, guys, I'm, I'm a little sorry, but no, keep, keep going, keep going. We're, we're, I don't want to say we're scared because we're not, but there's, there, there's a feeling where the Mets, the Mets are there. Mets are top five. The Mets, you know, I know Brennan feels it too. Uh, I'll never <laughs> well, say. Yeah, a team like the Yankees that's always in championship conversations is the UConn women's basketball team, and. They are not in the championship game. They made the Final Four, of course, because Gino Ariema is a machine, and he got Paige Beckers, who's literally the best college basketball player on the planet. But they faltered to Arizona in the Final Four on Friday night. Beckers shot 5-for-13 from the field and, again, had a great game, as she always does, 18 points, but just not enough. Ran to Ari McDonald of Arizona. She had 26 points, 7-for-17 from the field, and... 
Arizona moved on. They're a three seed. They shot well free throws. It was They actually missed nine the game, but they shot 31 in total and hit them when they mattered, which is in the final minutes. UConn kept the margin close, but never really took it into that next gear or yeah gear in terms of coming back seriously. And they were close, but couldn't finish the job. And Arizona, a three seed, moves on. And not a lot of people in their brackets had Arizona, obviously, usually in Women's basketball, the one and twos are very, very strong, and there is a difference between them where men in the men's game, there's, you know, a, a shooter could just get hot. Usually the women's teams are just that better coach, and there's perennial programs, but it's great to see Arizona in there. And then if you look on the team they're facing in the championship game today, Stanford, also a great story. They took down who's been a perennial powerhouse in South Carolina. They're not in the same, I, I don't think, uh, you know, book, I guess you could say, as UConn in terms of championships. But South Carolina has a recent championship win over UConn, has produced a lot of WNBA players. So I think we can safely consider them a powerhouse. They lost to the Stanford Cardinal. Haley Jones had a go-ahead jumper and 24 points. And then the ending of this game, if you have not seen the ending of this game, go watch it. South Carolina had two opportunities, including a putback, and Ryan Rucco was on the call for ESPN, and it was just a great call. There was so much excitement, and it's exactly why you watch March Madness for endings like that. You got it early on in the men's tournament, and not so much in these later games, but you are getting it in the women's game. UConn versus Baylor had a great ending in, I believe, the Elite Eight, and now in the Final Four, a great ending in the South Carolina versus Stanford game. So definitely go and watch that ending. A, a great game, and I, I looking at this game today, and obviously it's an Easter Sunday, and people's uh, viewing might not be consistent of sports, and I understand that because it's a holiday. But this game, even though it doesn't have UConn in it, which is usually a selling point for me, just I guess because I'm a you know New York local, and for some reason they just hold that you know a, a prestige there where teams on the West I'm not as focused into. But I'm interested to see this game. You guys' thoughts on the Final Four uh, thus far for the women? It's a surprise, yeah, for sure. Uh, the thing with women's basketball is that once you get into that, you know, top eight teams, top ten, top ten, top twelve teams, you know, there's not a whole lot of surprises. Uh, where you, you have these teams that are consistently good year after year after year. You have UConn, uh, you have South Carolina, you have Stanford, who was good, you know, in the in the early 2010s, in the late late uh, 2008, 2009, they were very good. And then you same thing with the teams like Tennessee. Uh, where you have these dynasties that are built over years. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they sustain for a while and then they're gone. I don't think this is the end of the UConn dynasty. No. I mean, they still made it to the final four and, and most teams still hang up a banner for that. I think uh, UConn's probably going to run out of room if they continue to make final fours like this. But John, like you said, Gino Oriyama is, is one of the best coaches, basketball coaches of all time, regardless of men's or women's uh, or NBA or WNBA or, boys or girls in high school. Uh, he's the guy that you want to coach your team. And and to see UConn go out there and not really perform to the level that I think they were expecting themselves to, and, and a lot of people were expecting themselves to. I know that they were the favorites going into the game, especially against a, a, an Arizona team that was ranked as a three seed. And, and I don't want to, you know, I, I should have researched this before, but I don't know when the last time that a team who wasn't a one or a two seed made the national championship in women's basketball. Uh, so I think that they may have underestimated Arizona because at the beginning of that game, Arizona was just knocking down shots left and right. And it did not seem like UConn could get anything uh, in the face to, to defend anything from the perimeter. Uh, I, I, it was just, 
Arizona outplayed him. And, and I think that that's what is, is going to be the story of this game. Paige Beckers is, as you mentioned, one of the best players in college basketball history uh, and, and absolutely the best player in college basketball right now. And, and, you know, she just didn't perform at the level that you would expect from, from a national player of the year. It was a good game. Absolutely a good game. But I, I, I enjoy seeing Arizona in the national championship. I love that there's a little bit of parity now where we see a team that we haven't seen in a long time uh, reach the natty. On the other side, too, Stanford hasn't been in the national championship since 2010. So we've got two teams that have spent a long time waiting for this, and one of them is going to get a national championship here. And I love it because it's not Oregon. It's not uh, UConn. It's not South Carolina. And, and I think that's great for the sport. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to maybe someday living in a sports world where we can say that I'm a Arizona and Stanford are in the final game and I'm a, someone says, no, it, it hasn't been decided yet. It's, we're still in the final four. No, we're talking about the women's tournament is what we're talking about. You know, I, I hope that we can someday live in a sports world where, where people uh, watch women's sports more regularly, which I'm not going to turn this into Dan slams, slams the NCAA again. I don't want to <laughs> do that right now. But, I'm, uh, you know, of course I could. But anyway, um, uh, is there- it it, it always is. But anyway, um, uh, you know, great game by Arizona's Erin McDonald. She had 26 points. She played fantastic. She's so quick out there. Um, I can't wait to see how Stanford counteracts that. The Obviously, the overall number one seed in this tournament barely surviving past South Carolina. Um, uh, a great game there as well. Um, watch the women's tournament. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to say it. Women's basketball is entertaining and is basketball. So you should watch it if you're a fan. Um, I'm looking forward to the championship game uh, a lot personally. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you guys hit on everything about so far with that. It has been uh, a very entertaining tournament on both the men's and the women's side so far. I cannot be upset about that. Yeah. I was trying to research the stat brand that you mentioned, and I think it might be, I, I don't have confirmation on this because I got to see the seating, but in 2016 Syracuse went to the final and lost in women's basketball, and they might have been a, a two or three, so not a number one overall versus one overall there, or at least one versus two. So I didn't want to bring it there, of course, with Syracuse and this, you know, but <laughs> I did. So there, there you go. I, 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 I don't you like know, myself, obviously. The way we rip on the Mets is the way you rip on Syracuse. Absolutely, so. absolutely. <laughs> so uh, there's a, you know, our thoughts on the women's tournament. That game is today, and obviously. The, on Monday night's the men's championship. We don't know the, that uh, what that game will be because of this recording. But, you know, basketball fans, college basketball, these are the two days. And then you got to wait for a long time before the college basketball season comes back. And just the overall statement, it was tough, but both, you know, men's and women's and NCAA got through this season. And hopefully it's more back to normalcy for next year. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll talk about Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport for some reason, as well as our MVP of the week. And, of course, Sunday game picks. We mentioned earlier in the show there's a lot of things to watch on Easter, and we'll give our picks for it. Might as well. That's why you tune in for our expertise. You're listening and watching to the MVP show. Hey, besties. If you love VIC Radio as much as we do, you want to know what's going on in the studio, or you want to stay in the VIC loop, why not follow us on our Twitter at VIC Radio and our Instagram, which is also at VIC Radio. Keep listening to the best of what's next, your favorite indie music station. Welcome back to the MVP show. You're listening on VIC Radio Ithaca or watching on our YouTube channel. And we've talked some baseball. We've talked some basketball and not really in-game stuff, but more just looking at it holistically. And now we're going to pretty much talk about some nonsense. 
And that is Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport Twitter DM nonsense. And uh, it's it's craziness. But when you put two personalities like this in the same state in New York as Durant's now in Brooklyn and Michael Rappaport is, you know, Mr. New York apparently and represents our state in terms of basketball, big Knicks fan, you have conflict. So part of the media's job is to hold people accountable. And right now what we're doing is we brought Kevin Durant, Michael Rappaport into the principal's office. They sit down in front of us and we say, guys, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. This beef started when Michael Rappaport tweeted out uh, about how sensitive he thought Kevin Durant was um, during a uh, apparently a post-game interview. Uh, Michael Rappaport said Katie seemed deeply in his feelings with the um, uh, NBA and TNT crew after the game. Uh, he's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. Um, so uh, eventually th- this escalated and escalated and eventually um, uh, Durant DMs Michael Rappaport on Instagram and they begin um, arguing about seemingly nothing. Um, now, obviously, Kevin Durant used uh, a lot of um, slurs in this and some uh, language that uh, if you if you're, um, uh, you know, have a young person in the room, uh, don't show them this. Um, but uh, just just why? 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 What are you doing, Kevin Durant? Now, we, I think we've known for a long time that Kevin Durant has rabbit ears. I mean, there's so many things in the media that, that genuinely happen that do make him upset. But what, I, I would just, I, ah, why would you do this? Like, I don't understand how I could see this coming out with a, a benefit to either one of them. And it makes everyone look bad. It makes my Rappaport look bad. It makes Kevin Durant look bad. Um, it's just a, another thing that Kevin Durant has to deal with right now, um, you know, coming back from an injury in Brooklyn, needing to play with Kyrie Irving. Um, there's so much drama around the Nets, and this is just so unnecessary. Um, did you guys have any more uh, original thoughts on this, or maybe not original thoughts? Maybe you just want to make fun of Kevin Durant. That's totally fine. I just, I, again, this story is ridiculous. Okay, so the part that gets me is the fact that Durant, he got fined $50,000 by the NBA, as he should have. Uh, and, and the exact reasoning is for, quote, derogatory language, which, yes, he was using language that no human being should probably use, you know, in context of talking to another person. Um, but then afterwards, after he got fined, he says, I'm sorry that people saw the language that I used. He's not sorry that he said it. He's sorry that Rappaport released screenshots of what he said. So I'm just incredibly confused about what he's actually saying because he, he's not sorry, I guess. It's, it's that thing where, like, you don't want to apologize, so you kind of just, like, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, like, you throw that out there and you, like, hope that someone takes it as an apology even though it's not really an apology. That's exactly what he does. Um, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, sports, uh, we've said, we said earlier in the show, sports and politics have always been mixed. Uh, on the other side of that, I think that sports are essentially reality television because that's exactly what's happening here where we have drama between two people, one of which isn't really someone who's in the sports world and the other one is one of the biggest stars in the sports world and for some reason they're going to clash. Like it doesn't make any sense, uh, but it's just fun to pay attention to because they're celebrities and when celebrities have drama, for some reason, people like us seem to care. Yeah. By the way, you got, I think if Kevin Durant was in person with Michael Rapport, he would have said these things, and that's why he texted them. You just got to be smart enough to know that it's on DM. It doesn't mean it's private. This could easily be screenshot, as everything on the internet can be. 
But my thing for Durant is just if there wasn't a blueprint to follow that would make you stay clear of this, you still have all the entertainment and what you want to do off the court and still be a great player on the court. If that blueprint didn't exist, I understand having these, you know, these troubles and, and slipping up every once in a while. But literally LeBron James has created the blueprint of how to be in news, entertainment, pop culture, all of this. He's not universally liked. I know that. But he's liked enough. He, he, he's, he's LeBron James. Everyone knows who he is because of the way he carries himself. And you can disagree with him on certain things. But the way he carries himself is perfect. Perfect. Durant could be better. And especially, too, if you're going... And I, and I know you know I say this jokingly. But if you're going to get in beef with a celebrity, someone better than Michael Rapport, please. I mean... What? Why Michael Rapport? Exactly. Pick someone like in a pick someone who's in a movie. Exactly. Don't pick like, a team. Go what feud with doing? the Rock. Like, Michael Rapaport. Like you know, I love him. Like you know, he yelled when Porzingis got drafted, and he's funny, and I and he was on a couple episodes of Friends. But I don't know. He's not the Rant's level. When this also came out the same day that uh, Barstool decided they were going to release the footage of Dave Portnoy's. Uh, uh, legal term that i yeah. can't think of right now deposition ah. they're against him in a in a defamation lawsuit and so it was just it it was barstool ripping on him all day and and that you know those mindless zombie stoolies that follow barstool for no specific reason just ripping on him and then all of a sudden it was it was any kevin durant fan ripping on him at the same time so this was just not a great day this segment is brought to you by duct tape duct tape Put it over your mouth if you're going to argue with a celebrity. Just don't do it. It's a really bad idea. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I, uh, in terms of where to go next, we obviously go into our MVP of the week. And I hope, I hope it's not anything related with this because this is just nonsense. Just nonsense. I, we needed this in the show, in my opinion, because we talked about some heavy stuff in the beginning and we've talked about a, a lot of stuff. We needed this. It's Easter, for goodness sake. But, oh my goodness. Durant. Durant Rappaport. Yeah. Okay. It's those nets, man. They always they keep uh, their mouths open. Of course. Of course. And and that's that's the funny thing too. If this was just the final thought on this, but if it was an uh, I guess a normal year you could say or a couple years ago where the Knicks aren't in a playoff spot and the Nets are just a fringe playoff team. Hey, yeah, let's talk about this. This is taking our attention and, and public's attention away from the Knicks and Nets both being playoff teams. Yeah. So there you go. But we had to talk about it because everyone else has. And it's entertainment, right? So there you go. And uh, we'll go now into our MVP of the week. Uh, you know what? I think, Brendan, you should start. Because uh, you, you you decided we were in the same room and you decided who you wanted to choose. And then I was like, who is it? And I, I knew I had to wait for our show. So give it to the people. My MVP is my quarterback, Uh-oh. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers was announced earlier this week that he was going to host two episodes of Jeopardy, Mm. which I think is absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. I love that, you know, obviously since the the tragic passing of Alex Trebek, the legend uh, that was the host of Jeopardy, we have had this this strong stream of guest hosts. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, when he was on Celebrity Jeopardy, dominated, uh, super smart guy, is going to come on and host. I absolutely love it. 
I haven't watched Jeopardy in a long time. Usually the only time I ever watch it is if it's on after something that I'm actually watching on cable television, which we don't have cable television in our apartment. So then never watch it. Uh, I will be watching these two episodes that Aaron Rodgers is about to host because after watching him on the Pat McAfee show all NFL season, he is such a personality. And I think he's going to do a heck of a job uh, hosting Jeopardy for the next, or for not the next two weeks, but for two weeks uh, upcoming. That's my MVP. It's the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to segue into mine now awkwardly. Um, so my MVP of the week is not uh, the Golden State Warriors. They were down 119-59 to 59, uh, to the Toronto Raptors on Friday night. It's not a good score. My MVP is also not Michael Rappaport because he's like a D-list actor. Yeah. <laughs> Let's continue. Um, my runner-up this week, I don't know why people hate on these so much. I kind of just ah, kind of indifferent about them. It's Easter people. And it's time to eat Peeps. Did you know that there's only a few ingredients in Peeps? Yes. They're made of sugar, corn syrup, gelatin, and air. Those are the ingredients air? in Peeps. Air. Air is one of the ingredients, according to businessinsider.com's Twitter thread that I'm reading right now. So that's what you need to know about it. If you don't like Peeps, you only don't – you don't like four things. That's kind of impressive, the fact that something so unhealthy could be so simple. Anyway, um, I, I think that my actual MVP of the week has to be locally – Ithaca athletics, not in general. I mean, women's athletics. I'm not trying to destroy it with Ithaca athletics, so don't take it the wrong way. Um, this week, the what team am I looking at? I, I have so many tabs open right now. Uh-oh. The Ithaca women's lacrosse team yes. is five and zero. Ithaca's softball team is four and zero. And this week, I got the chance to speak to some of the captains of the Ithaca crew team. They are competing in their first uh, uh, meet on Saturday against RIT and Colgate. Um, Ithaca women's athletics is killing it right now, people. Ithaca women's they, basketball, 1-0. They are. They competed in um, uh, a scrimmage of some sort today. Yeah. So Ithaca women's athletics is killing it, people, and they deserve the MVP this week because they're, they're undefeated. They never lost the LeVar Ball this week. So that's why they get the MVP. Yeah. And that's why I shook my head with IC wins basketball because there was literally a scrimmage that was announced today that no one knew about, but they played, they honored their seniors, and uh, worthy of Dan's MVP of the week. We're going to circle back on the peeps topic. I do want to get that your guys' thoughts on that. We're going to circle. I'll give my MVP of the week. I went last. I always go either the broadcast route or personal story, something with me. Last week I went with Dick Stockton. Did not go over well. No one cared. So I'll go with personal. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. Uh, as, as we mentioned at the top, I got the first shot of the vaccine. I went to Corning Community College, and I wanted to make them my MVP of the week because it was a seamless process. I don't know what I was expecting. I really didn't look into it. I was, you know, everything was very professional. There was people in military uniforms guiding me along, and I was, you know, and I was like a deer in the headlights for most of it. And then there was, you know, medical professionals, and they gave me the vaccine, and I didn't even realize it was in my arm because I was talking with uh, one of the two women who were at the desk in the, the spot I was. And I didn't even realize it was injected into my skin because I was just having a conversation. It was that literally painless, and it was great. And I can't wait to go back there. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a shot, which if you you know people know me and know my history with the doctor, not a fan, not a fan. And uh, so, but I am, I'm, I'm willing to go back. So I give Corning Community College my shout out for MVP of the week. But I want to circle back with this Peeps debate because it's Easter Sunday, and I hope some of our audience are eating Peeps. Yeah. Brennan, you ripped on on Katie and Michael Rappaport's story, and now you want to talk about peeps? Yes. Well, because 
First off, it's because you don't like them. We wouldn't talk about it if, if everyone just universally liked them. It'd be a thing that everyone knows is the truth, and we wouldn't talk about things because it would be redundant to talk about. But you don't like peeps because you're a monster. It's literally eating. It's the same people who don't like like basic store-bought sugar cookies or things. They don't have taste. It's eating a marshmallow. Is it unhealthy? Yes. Is it something you eat once a year? Yes. That's how holidays work. You eat corned beef on St. Patrick's Day. You eat peeps on Easter. Is it healthy? No, but it's what you do. Sorry, Brennan, it is. I eat chocolate. and, and Yeah, you, you could eat chocolate 364 days. Give me a chocolate rabbit. No, those are the worst. 100 over a peep. No, you you bite into a rat. Literally, the the Easter candy. You it's get the a most chocolate. Ridiculous conversation we've ever no, had. No, because we're having it's it. Incredible. We're having it. We we were too serious in the not too serious, but we talked about things. The Easter. I I couldn't believe your anti peeps. Did you have a childhood? I did. Uh, it was filled with chocolate <laughs> uh, because it was that is with great time. And here's, here's a, here's a, oh, sorry. No, continue. And and money because our family hit a money egg every year that was twenty bucks and if whoever found it got to keep it. Of course, that's so what my childhood was. Here's here's a quick quote from me and my business insider. I'm a, now this quote is not attributed to anyone specific. It <laughs> says, "Peeps become peeps when they get their decorations." That's the company's brand manager. Now apparently this is just a mystical being. The company's brand manager doesn't have a name, uh, but they said that peeps become peeps when they get their decorations. The decorations are made with edible wax. And are then squirted on with precision. There are people dedicated to making sure everything looks just the right way on a peep. That's a quote from the Business Insider Twitter thread. How are you not a fan, Brendan, after hearing that statement? Oh, John. Oh, I, I, sorry, sorry. This is just uh, this is just below Brennan, everybody. We'll move on because Brennan doesn't want to talk about this because it's above it's above him. He only talks about serious issues. No, I'm talking about sports sports show, John. It is, but it's also on Easter. I, right, I wanted to have fun. My Did goodness. They a, didn't they just make a Peeps drink? They made Peeps. or it, it, it's not. But I thought there was a, a confusion with this because I thought it was Peeps flavored Pepsi as well. No, but it, it is. is. It, up. it yeah. is. Okay, because I thought it was just Peeps branding on the So it is. People are ripping on it. Yeah, I'm sure. I wouldn't try it. To be honest. Terrible. You've had it? No, that's what uh, the reviews say. Oh, of course, of course. The reviews. Peeps Pepsi was not to my liking. I didn't find it delectable. That was dead on. You Thank could you. be a, a, a reviewer. Thanks, Brennan. I appreciate it. All right, so we'll move on because Brennan wants to go to game Thank picks you. and seriousness because this is a sports show, and I guess that's why you're tuning in, right? So <laughs> when we come back, we'll take our last break. When we come back, we'll look at games on Easter Sunday and pick them as well. A lot going on today, so we'll give you our thoughts on that. You're watching the MVP show on YouTube, listening on VIC Radio Ithaca, and again, Brandon Miller, Dan Bazzani, and John Vacari taking you through noon to one on VIC and YouTube. You're listening and watching the MVP show. VIC Radio is the voice of Ithaca College. Here's a campus organization you can get involved in. Want to help bring a little more love to your campus community? I see Random Acts of Kindness Club meets every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. in the Business School, Room 104. Stop by to socialize, participate in fun events, get creative, and be kind. For more information, please email randomactsofkindnessic at gmail.com. Want to get your organization's message on the air? 
Email community at vicradio.org to connect with the Campus Community Involvement Director. Hey besties, if you love VIC Radio as much as we do, you want to know what's going on in the studio, or you want to stay in the VIC loop, why not follow us on our Twitter at VIC Radio and our Instagram, which is also at VIC Radio. Keep listening to the best of what's next, your favorite indie music station. VIC Radio is the voice of Ithaca College. Here's a campus organization you can get involved in. Want to help bring a little more love to your campus community? I see Random Acts of Kindness Club meets every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. in the Business School, Room 104. Stop by to socialize, participate in fun events, get creative, and be kind. For more information, please email randomactsofkindnessic at gmail.com. Want to get your organization's message on the air? Email community at vicradio.org to connect with the Campus Community Involvement Director. Welcome back to the MVP show on VIC Radio Ithaca and on YouTube. Our Twitter is at the MVP show. You could leave your comments there as well. If you're watching on the YouTube live chat, definitely want to hear your thoughts. And of course, listen on VIC. It's on the VIC Radio app, vicradio.org. And if you're listening, you've already found it. So congratulations. Our final se- oh yeah. Our final segment of the day is our Sunday game picks. And it's Easter and there's a lot of sports to watch today you have mlb action you have the ncaa women's conference or not conference the championship final today you have some nhl action you have a lot to choose from i believe the nba if i didn't mention them as well so we're gonna have pick what we think are the big games for today and where we start of course the yankees versus the blue jays on the yes network at 105 immediately after this show gets off the air and if you watched our earlier segment, you probably know where Brennan and I are going. Dan, where where are you going with this one? And you sort of have an allegiance to this team. Yeah, I'm going with the Mets. Um, no, I'm going with the Blue Jays because um, they, at one point, they were located in Buffalo. Mm, yeah. I'll say that again. Buffalo. So I feel like I kind of have to take the Blue Jays in this one. Um, this is, what, game two of 162? So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but uh, game three, yeah. game three of 162. So, um, uh, hey, if I'm wrong about this one, don't get that upset, okay? There's still 161 other ones to go. So we'll see how it goes. Domingo Herman makes his first start of the season for the Yanks. And again, that game at 105. We go to the NBA. Their marquee matchup is the Lakers versus... You ask me who I'm going to pick. Brennan, we know who you're going to pick. All right, Brennan A. Miller, who do you got in Yan- after holding up a Yankees uniform? Who do you got? No, it's the Yankees. They're going to win this game. All right, we can go to the basketball right Oh, now. okay, okay. Uh, and, Brennan, I think I'll give you time for this because I know you're a big NBA guy. So. Oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. That sure. makes for great content. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we're going at it. We are going <laughs> at it today. Lakers versus Clipper, the Battle of Los Angeles. Probably a movie title somewhere. ABC, 3.30 p.m. Obviously, the Lakers without LeBron, so my interest is gone in terms of watching this matchup. I'm still picking the Lakers. Dan's still going with the Lakers. But, Brendan, you decide to go with the other team in L.A. Yeah, uh, it had a lot to do with the fact that yesterday, uh, as of time of this recording, uh, when ESPN put their graphic up of the Lakers game, it had Giannis as the premier player for the Bucks, And then the premier player for the Lakers was Dennis Schroeder. So I, I'm going to go with the Clippers strictly because I know the Lakers are very injured right now. Uh, and I think that uh, 
a website I've used in the past, 538, has the Clippers as their favorites to win uh, the NBA championship. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'm, I'm Brennan or Brennan. Dan and I are feeling, I guess, an upset. I The line on this one, obviously, you would know now if you're watching or listening, but we don't know at the time. But, hey, never a bad pick, and obviously those two teams. I wouldn't call them rivals just yet. They've really, I think, started to get into this rivalry in the last couple of years. But for a long time, the Clippers and Lakers, or not for a long time, but the Clippers haven't been around for so long. And when the Lakers were good, Clippers were bad. And when the Clippers had their relevancy with DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul, those were actually, you know, some of the worst years for the Lakers. So that rivalry being sort of started, I would say, rather than renewed, but definitely an interesting matchup to watch. Another interesting basketball game tonight will be Arizona versus Stanford. The NCAA Women's Basketball Championship Division I did not have one last year because of COVID, but 2021, we will crown a champion. It's a Pac-12 battle, and obviously with the seeding that could happen, and in terms of the regions, of course, but it rarely ever does happen this year, and both of these teams earned it, in my opinion. Obviously, we talked about earlier on the show, but Stanford beat South Carolina, and of course, uh, Arizona, I blanked on the name there, but Arizona beat the best player in college, women's college basketball in Paige Beckers and the UConn Huskies to get to this point, but now we got to pick a winner. I am going with the Stanford Cardinal in this one. I think they've I don't want to say they've had a tougher road, but I think in terms of seeding they had. I mean, obviously, it's you know a tough road to get to the championship. They impressed me. They won a tight game. I know, I know uh, Arizona beat the UConn Huskies, and obviously UConn has that name value, but UConn hasn't been as dominant this season as they usually are. They almost faltered to Baylor while South Carolina was really strong, and then they met a really good Stanford team in the Final Four. So that's why I have the Cardinal in this one. Brennan, where are you going for the Women's College Basketball Tournament? The Stanford Cardinal are 71-14 and 14 all-time against Arizona in women's basketball. That also means they've only lost two games to Arizona since 2004. One of them was in 2019. It was an overtime loss, 73-72. Stanford has beat Arizona twice in this season uh, by a score of 62-48. to 48 on February 22nd and a score of 81 to 54 on one, one new year's day. So I'm going to go with Arizona. <laughs> Great reasoning. Thank you. I love an underdog. And I think that Arizona proved that they can shoot with anybody, especially with their game against UConn where they beat one of the premier teams in the country and the premier player in the country. So I think Arizona has a chance in any game that they play at this point. Of course, the only game that they're going to play at this point is a national championship. Do I think Stanford probably wins this game? Yes. Do I love an underdog in the national championship? Absolutely. I think that's a good opportunity for Arizona to win. They're coming off a, a big win. And obviously in the tournament, you've got a lot of big wins before that as well, especially as a three seed, because it means that at this point, you've beaten two number one seeds. So why not beat another? Uh, I think that, that Arizona has a chance. And if you've got a chance in the national championship as an underdog, I like that. It's a good pick. It's smart money pick. So I had the overall number one Stanford in this one, but hey, if Arizona wins, I can't be shocked. They, they obviously have been playing great this tournament. I believe, 
I heard Ryan Rucco say on the broadcast the other night that I'm a, this is the furthest the Stanford program has ever gone. I don't think they've ever gone past the Sweet 16 in the history of their women's program. Now they're in the final game. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, but I have Stanford this one. They are the overall number one. But let's see how it goes. Uh, before I wrap up my pick, I want to tell Disney, put this game on ABC. Are you crazy? You put this game on ESPN. You put a regular season NBA game on ABC before you put the women's national championship on there. I mean, again, we've already talked about it. But Disney, come on. Man up. Put the women's national championship championship on abc that's what i want to see in the future yeah and then in terms of programming as dan mentioned it's abc for lakers clippers espn arizona stanford and then following that on espn is sunday night baseball the first installment for the 2021 season obviously because it's the first sunday in the 2021 season and you have an underrated matchup here you have the chicago white Sox, who a lot of people are picking as maybe a dark horse world series team they last year did not even make the playoffs, but they have a very good roster. And they're taking on the Angels. And, of course, you have the name value with them. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani will be on the mound for Sunday Night Baseball. And it will be an interesting one to watch, in my opinion. Obviously, Sunday Night Baseball, I think, over the years has had, or the last couple of years, has had some complications getting people to watch the matchups because they haven't been too marquee or people just hate how they rely on certain teams like really an East Coast bias where it's the Yankees and Mets and the Nationals and the Red Sox, and that's how it is for most of it. You start off the season with White Sox-Angels, which is a very, very good matchup. I'll go first. I'm going to go with Otani and the Angels here. When he's on the mound, it's a spectacle to watch. The White Sox have a lot of big hitters, but I think Otani will go through them. Trout will hit a homer, that's what I'll say, and the Angels will take care of Chicago. Brennan, your thoughts? I think the White Sox are going to finish with a better record this year. Mm -hmm. I think they're a better team, but I think the Angels win this game exclusively because I love the uh, the novelty of a two-way player on an American League team in Shohei Otani, who will be inevitably pitching on Sunday and also hitting for himself, which is awesome. I love it. Uh, it doesn't help me in fantasy at all. I have him in one of my other leagues. I don't have him in, a, in the league that we're all in, but I have him in one of my other leagues, and you can only play him as a DH or a pitcher, not both. So it's not going to help me there. But I think it's awesome to see a two-way player in the majors, and I think that he's good enough at both that it's, it's not a weakness for the Angels at all. I think they turn it into a strength, and I think that they're able to win just this game. I think the White Sox take a lot more from them in the future. Yeah, I, I'm picking the Angels in this individual game, and I actually put in our game picks – LOL, who are these teams? Because ESPN's putting two teams that aren't, aren't East Coast on. Uh, I, I thought that was crazy. I was like, whoa, Angels, White Sox? That's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. White Sox probably a better record. Individually, take the Angels. All right, so we have Angels across the board. Maybe a shocker to some, but that's what we're going with, and that completes our Sunday game picks for this Easter Sunday. And before we sign off, just want to wish everyone happy holidays in terms of Easter Sunday. Obviously, it was Passover last weekend as well. If you're of, of Jewish faith, then, you know, I think a good time overall in spring, you've, you, I think we feel, especially in this current climate, that we're taking steps. We mentioned it at the beginning with getting, you know, across this hurdle. And obviously the springtime and Easter brings up good feelings and hopefully we power through in these next couple months and everyone takes the time to reflect today. That's just my thought. You could just watch sports all day like I probably will and not reflect on myself, but maybe you go out and do that. Guys, any thoughts before we send it off to follow the herd? It's baseball season, John. Spring okay. has sprung, and I am very excited for it. Happy spring to everyone, apparently, except Ithaca because it's so cold. But it's <laughs> going to end soon. I promise it's coming, and then maybe we'll have sunshine and flowers and grass. It'll be great. It's coming. I know it is. 
Reminder to follow us at the MVP Show on Twitter. We are on TikTok as well with the MVP Show, and you're probably easy to find on there. We've been on YouTube for every Sunday, and we're on VIC Radio Ithaca now, or you know, for this last hour, we're getting off now, right? But in terms of the show, again, each and every Sunday at noon to one to consume us on either platform, we appreciate a lot, and especially on this Easter Sunday. For Brennan Miller and Dan Bizanti, I'm John Vacari. This has been the MVP Show.